I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It, you can just basically point and click your way into making video games. It's is, that easy. It, it can be. It can be that easy. Um, and so today we're going to talk about... This is episode 80 of the Alt Arts Academy podcast. How to publish a video game with Dean Victor Varnado and Vice Queen Roxanne. This is the Arts Academy podcast. I am Dean Victor Varnado. I am joined by Vice Queen Roxanne and Rachel Teichman, MSW. <laughs> the master of social work. I. Uh, at the Arts Academy podcast, we teach you everything about the mechanics, the mechanics, the mechanics or the mechanics of the entertainment industry and all that stuff that, that I wish I knew at the very beginning of my career. I'm just trying to share that with as many people as possible. I hope that you find this helpful. Rachel and Roxanne, we're going to talk about how to make video games. Yeah. I... I'm a big fan of video games. I love them. I love to make video games. And not only do I love to make video games, I also teach kids how to make video games usually in the summer sometimes. Um, And so I believe that we can talk about how to make video games. There are a ton of ways. And and you don't even have to know how to program to make video games nowadays. Also, you don't even have to make artwork to make video games. You can just... It, you can just basically point and click your way into making video games. It's is, that easy. It, it can be. It can be that easy. Um, and so today we're going to talk about different ways that you can make video games. And then also we're going to talk about how to get your video game funded. A little bit of extra information for people out there. Because a lot of people don't know that uh, funds exist for indie developers. Like if you're sitting at home by yourself, you got a game idea, you can submit and just basically get paid to make your own video game. Wow. Yeah, I'm all about it. Are you saying wow because you are saying, are you just being like a, like a parrot? Are you just like saying, (laughs) you're just responding (laughs) or do you actually care? Both. Rachel, what kind of game would you make if, um, you know, if skill wasn't a barrier. If skill wasn't a barrier, I would make a game that involves, like you have to paint your way to whatever the objective is. Like, um, I don't know if you remember, there there was the game Scribble Knots and that yes. whole franchise. So um, it would be something like that, but instead of typing what you want your object to be, you would then like draw or paint what your object would be and you would have to like paint your way through different courses oh that sounds interesting yeah and so you'd paint objects that you could use or something like that you would paint objects that you could use but you would also have to use painting as like a primary means of maybe getting around it 
I'm not 100% on this, but it, it's almost like a platformer. Have you seen the game Okami? Yeah, no. I was just going to talk about that. Darn it. <laughs> um, oh, it's a, it's a video game where a lot of it is you painting things oh. in the game and you paint, you use a paintbrush to cast spells, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I see I am unoriginal. Not at all. Not at all. It's, uh, I mean, because I think that what you're envisioning sounded more like Harold in the Purple Crayon. Hmm. I see it. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Or like Chalk Zone, almost. Well, let me tell you what I tell kids who want to make games. Um, games are like, not are like, but they're very much like computer programs. <laughs> and uh, I always start with taking people through making a game like i i'll take a game engine and i will have them follow along i'll just say just do what i do just follow along don't worry about what you're doing just do what i do and then i just take them through the process of making a game in an hour and we and by the end of the process we all have a game and so i just i just show them how quickly they can get up and running and to make a game. And then I back up and then I talk about how to make a game from the beginning, um, which is thinking about a computer program. If you think of all games as being three things, one, uh, you input information into the game, whether that's through a keyboard or through joysticks, basically you're doing some sort of input into a game. And then two, the game or the computer program uh, uses the data that you've input to manipulate a response, okay? So it takes in the data, analyzes it, does whatever it does, manipulates it in some way, and then it gives you a response. That response might be a video, it might be sound, it might be your character moving, or it might, or the response might be a red underline on a word you spell wrong in uh, Microsoft Word. Basically, all programs all programs work within that area. And so whenever you're thinking about your game, all you're thinking about is if I want a game that does X, then how do I how do I fit it into something that uses those three things? Input, manipulating the data, and output. All right. So that's the basics of a game. So when you once you've got once you've got like the idea what, about what your game is, and then you have the idea of what the input is and what the output is and how the game basically works, then you can start figuring out how to make your game. All right, so let's start with, uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about your game, Rachel. What, what, what did you picture your game as, 2D or 3D? 2D. You pictured it as a 2D game? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, uh, if I were you and I was about to make that 2D game, I would use a platform called GDevelop. And this is actually what most making games is, is finding the right tools to make your game. Especially if you know what your game is before you start, then something like GDevelop, what they have that uh, not every 2D engine has is GDevelop has the ability to uh, it, it has uh, the ability to paint things directly on the screen like you would be almost painting in Photoshop. It can like mimic a lot of the ways that Photoshop works. And if it can do that, then 
it can you can use you could use that in your game if you're going to make a game where people would draw on some things all right so let's just talk about that as a game engine G develop is a game engine what i mean by game engine uh is basically a a development tool that does most of the programming work for you it used to be that gamer gamers used to have to code you just basically had to code and you would code your own engine you would code your own interface uh as far as like how it operated with the video or the video interface or the how it interface with the sound card that would have to be coded but what a engine does is it takes care of all of that stuff like you will you you don't have to figure out how to display to different screens you don't have to figure out how to get sounds to play through specific hardware it becomes that it be it becomes that interface for you it's kind of like uh what would be a good example of what an engine is a game engine is it's kind of like uh i don't know what what's a what's a good example of something that that else you can do that takes over all the work for you or most adobe of the work animate. for you adobe animate is Adobe Animate is, I guess it's sort of like that because it's, well, that's, you know, for making animation and media, but game engines, I think, are even simpler <laughs> than Adobe Animate. A lot of them are even simpler. But basically, basically, it's a, it's a type of thing, GDevelop is a type of thing where uh, you can you can make your game and then you determine the game logic by using basically a spreadsheet. So... You can go down the spreadsheet and you can click on things that represent different things in the game. And then you you just click the correct buttons and put in the correct parameters in the spreadsheet. And then the game works. And I have a question. Sorry. Yes, go for it. So um, with these different game engines, on one hand, they sound very freeing. But what if um, there's something about the interface that it creates that you don't like? Can you then go in and code over it if you choose to? With some of the engines, yes, and with other engines, no. Mm. But that's also why it depends what you choose. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about like a couple of engines that are out there, like some of the big ones. We talked about G Develop. That is one that is uh, absolutely free. You can develop a game from beginning to end with G Develop for absolutely free, and uh, and you can even make money with the game. If you pay with G Develop, you get extra tools, but the basics of like being able to make a game. You can get that for free and you just have to type it in. You can type it into uh, your browser and it'll go to their website where you can make games either on their website or you can download GDevelop and make it on any computer as well. Is there a difference between the browser version and the installation? Um, I am just figuring that out right now. I don't know for sure yet. I, I'm, I'm guessing that there probably is a difference, but I don't know the answer yet. I haven't gotten that far in it. Mm. Um, the reason I'm talking about GDevelop right now is because for the class that I'm going to be teaching, we're going to be using GDevelop, so I'm just starting to poke around with it because I wanted to do use something that all the kids could just have for free and make games with and was simple enough that uh, that people weren't, uh, you know, thwarted by something that might be more difficult, like, say, Unity, which is a 3D game engine. Anyway, let's talk about that. Unity is a 3D game engine. 
Unity and Unreal are the two competing 3D game engines. Have you heard of these game engine, engines at all? No. Okay, well, you can download Unity or uh, Unreal for free. Um, and then they di they have different uh, price points. I believe Unity, you don't even actually ever have to pay anything unless your game starts making money. Uh, yeah, as long as your game generates less than $100,000 a year, you can use Unity for free. Wow. Yes. So uh, that's a lot of people. Well, the reason being is because Unity is making most of their money with gigantic games. So like games, like almost everything that you have, every, everything that you play is either in Unity or Unreal Engine. One of my favorite games, I think, is um, Ge Gears of War, and that's an Unreal Engine mm. as well. But uh, Unity and Unity and Unreal Engine, they have a lot of things that are, are similar about them. Sometimes one goes ahead of the other one uh, in the competition to be the best 3D game engine. Unreal recently came out with a new rendering system that makes everything look realistic easily. Uh, I think it's called Lumen and Unreal 5. You don't have to use that, but just know that it's out there. Yeah. But uh, if you're... If you're going to do something 3D, I would suggest either using Unreal, Unity, or Godot. That is a game engine that is spelled G-O-D-O-T. The people who make it, uh, they say it's Godot, but they are wrong. It's Godot. Like Gaul. Like what? Gaul. Like Gaul Godot. I think oh. your last name is spelled differently, though. It is slightly. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm saying I'm I'm using "Waiting for Godot" as a, I guess a a model for my pronunciation. Um. So just to like, just to clarify, like, are you saying that all of these plat um, platforms or like programs are good for like all ages, or you're you're saying like this is all just a mix of like experience range? Um, I would say of, of what I read that the thing that, that's better for younger people would be something like G develop. And in fact, if people are really young, I would suggest using some of the gaming systems that are even simpler and even more streamlined. Um, there is one called scratch, which uses the. Oh, the cat is jumping around. Sorry, there's one called Scratch, I believe, which uses the MIT uh, coding training system where the pieces fit together like puzzles when you're coding. Where you, you code by dragging and dropping puzzle pieces and they, they won't fit together unless they work. Uh, that's also a, one that's easier to use. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. And probably. so, but they, but for GDevelop and Construct, which is a paid version of GDevelop, then those are great for, I would say, 10 years old and older. Yeah. I'll probably, like, tell my little brother about it. He's only seven, but he's already, like, really curious about making his own games and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, something like, something like GDevelop is perfect because it's free. He can mess around with it. And uh, there's a lot of support. So you can find a lot of people who know 
a ton about GDevelop. Um, and you don't have to code for that one at all. There, there was, I think, something that was even simpler than GDevelop, but I for, I forgot what it was called. But I'll, but I will look it up for you for your little brother. Wait, you said your brother, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll look it up for you for your little brother. Yeah. Um, there's some weird ones that are really interesting. RPG Maker is super easy and it's for just making RPGs. Um, there are game engines that are made just to make visual novels. There's game engines that are just made to make choose your own adventure style games. There's one called Twine. I really want to try that does choose your own adventure style stuff and it's free. I um I love a good choose your own adventure. All right. Then if you are making a game, here's something that you can do. What are you laughing at? Roxanne. Oh, I wasn't laughing. I was smiling. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. I do that. You do. You smile. She, unlike us, is a sentient being. What do you mean, unlike us? <laughs> I, I don't think you should go so far as to assume that, though. <laughs> You're giving me too much. Um, All right. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, the last part of this episode I want to talk about is the fact that if you are an indie game developer, there is a thing called the Indie Fund. Check out the Indie Fund. Here's what the Indie Fund is. A bunch of game developers and game industry types got together and made a fund. And here's how the fund works. They wanted to make a way for people who have absolutely no connections to get into the gaming industry. And you can submit to the Indie Fund at any time. You, you submit to them. You submit to them a playable prototype of your game. And you can make a prototype, actually, if you know what you're doing in a couple of days. But you, can, you submit to them a playable prototype of your game. Then... Once you submit a playable prototype, they review it and they get back to you and they will fund games up to uh, $50,000 uh, for an independent, independent producer. I think that they said they even said they will fund things above $100,000, but it's not as easy for them. And they said most of the things they fund are between ten dollars and $50,000 and sometimes rare, rare between fifty dollars and $100,000 and then very, very, very rare, over $100,000 for an indie game. But basically, if you're a person who's got a great game idea, you could spend a week making a prototype of that game, submit to them, and then get, get your $50,000 so you can make your game. And then the deal with them is that when you make a game with them, they, um, they get the first money that the game makes out that is the money that they put into it. And then after that, they get 25% of what the game makes until their investment is doubled or two years pass. Whichever happens first, then that then all proceeds after that go to you. So for instance, if you had a really good idea for a game and games, when they are hits, can make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And it's not unheard of that a well-thought-out indie game can make a couple of hundred thousand dollars. So if you had an 
an indie game that cost you say thirty thousand dollars to make and you got the money from them after after if you had a hit game that made a few hundred thousand dollars then basically you would walk away from that deal um a hundred and forty thousand dollars richer i guess at the end so it's basically like two hundred thousand dollars so it's basically like an investor loan sort of deal absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely right and they say like if your game they'll invest in your game but if your game doesn't perform well you don't owe them anything oh that's really nice actually yeah Yeah. but like what would the standard be like what does performing well versus not performing well make back the investment got it and uh there you have it uh that the indie fund you should definitely if you're a game designer or an indie developer look into it because i don't think a lot of people know about it yeah. all right uh that is the arts academy podcast i am dean victor Renato. i'm joined here i was i was here with rachel teichman msw and of course vice queen roxanne check us out at artsacademypodcast.com 